never had a carafe of wine. Don't mind a little carafe. Well, you have a carafe to yourself. A small one, I'd have one. Yeah. Oh, you have tiny glasses over there, don't you? Tiny everything. Tiny yeah. plates. <laughs> tiny knives and forks. <laughs> Do you have to buy a tiny bike? Welcome. We are Neil, Luke, and Dave. Three forty-somethings reminiscing on the runners and riders of nineties guitar music. We look at the bands who soundtracked our youth on both sides of the pond and interview some of our heroes from the bands that defined a generation. You'll hear about the good, the bad, and the ugly of nineties guitar music. This podcast is stupid and contagious. Episode 29, Stupid Contagious Podcast. 29, it's nearly 30, right? Some say. Dave's, Dave's disagreeing. Well, he just doesn't know. He's not a numbers guy. <laughs> it's Wang number six, I believe. We had a bit of a discussion. We thought we'd try something a bit different this week. We're going to take an album and we're just going to dissect it, right? Tear it apart. Uh, so the album that we've chosen to... Uh, to focus on is definitely maybe indeed there it is we'll get back we'll get into that in a minute if you are watching then please do give it a thumbs up comment below um let us know about your favorite definitely maybe songs and etc if you're listening rate review please do do that because it really does help us out um, and people finding the podcast so if you took the time to do that we'd really appreciate it anyway before we get into the episode what's everyone been up to this week dave we had a bit of a ticket, uh, ticket to ride uh, binge. Have you played that game? It's a board game. You love board really games, good, don't you? Really good board you love games. Yeah. Board games. We played What's it the premise? Times. You just um, you have a map of the US on the board, and you're trying to uh, create trains across America from different cities to other cities. Fucking and, hell, uh, shit. Nothing to do with the Beatles. <laughs> sounds really shit. That's brilliant. It's a great game. Over three million copies sold, it says on the box. I do like the fact that you still play board games, though. I think that's good. Do you play them with the whole family? Well, three games, uh, it was Alice only. You don't have to have a breakdown of every game, but just just say, do you generally she, play them with the family? Well, I'm going to give you a breakdown. She won every okay. game. And then Elias <laughs> played a game, and he won that. So it, it's a good game because you still enjoy it, even if you lose. Well, You don't. You hate losing. It's a, a, no, a taking part that counts, isn't it? You do. Well, you're really competitive, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, that's why we kept magic. playing, because I wanted to play again. So I could <laughs> yeah. That explains it. Yeah, Luke, what have you been up to this week? Finishing doing up this room, um, listening to lots of music, uh, as usual. Listening to a band what? called The Chisel. Quite a band called The Chisel, uh, second album I've been enjoying. They're kind of, um, uh, like kind of oi punk, I guess. Uh, kind of uh, sound to them. Uh, really good. Really enjoying that record this week. How about you, Neil? As if we, if you started anything uh, on the van, not yet. Van not update. Yet. No. I'm going to start that this week. I think. What's first? I got to uh, fix any minor rust on the outside. Uh, my TikTok's been inundated with Taylor Swift clips. That, that concert's just mass. It's like a taken on a life of its own, hasn't it? I keep getting an ad from Marty Pello. <laughs> <laughs> Is it for Marty's pillows? Is it for Marty's yeah. pillows? 
thing is, man, they fucking got you nailed. That's exactly the kind of music you like. But that, you know, that's how I got that Tundi and Gabrielle ad. Of course it that is. That's the bit of result. Of course it is. Algorithm. They know you, man. It's working for you, man. They're giving you exactly what you want. Pearl Jam have had an interesting week. I've spoken about it a bit in the Facebook group. I think they're number one in the Billboard chart. Stop tapping your arm now. It looks like you're about to inject some heroin. Maybe I am. <laughs> Do what I fucking like. I think it's for their, their Dark Matter single, which I thought was really right, good. Right, okay. Yeah, I did. Um, but yeah, what I brought up on the group was um, their ticket prices. It's become a bit of a thing this week. And I think it's mainly down to their highly publicised sort of fight with Ticketmaster in the 90s. It just all seems a bit of a bit of nonsense now, doesn't it? When their tickets are 160 quid. But you can't you can't blame them for the price of their tickets, really, can you? If you sell tickets below what the market will pay, touts will just make a killing, won't they? But Dave, you love money, don't you? You're the wrong person to ask. Right. What does Luke think? <laughs> well, yeah, things can be done about it. Like Robert Smith from The Cure recently, he used his That's basically right. his position as you know one of the most popular kind of touring bands around to make sure the prices were lower so they do have the power um mm. the fact that they're not exercising it is i don't know how easy it is to do that but they, there is there they do have some power i think a lot of venues have bigger overheads than they used to have like much bigger overheads than they used to have so Did but still, 160 is way above the market price yeah. that's not the yeah market I, price. I mean i i wouldn't pay it i don't think i'd pay more than 50 quid for a ticket yeah, I don't know if your if your tickets are sort of 160 quid. I don't know if you're sort of killing off an entire demographic of your audience, aren't you? Really, that can't afford to mm. go. I think that's what's happened with Glastonbury a little bit. That's why it's like it's a weekend for rich kids now. A lot of the time, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, no, it's not. It's not. It's not good, man. It's not on. Yeah, I just don't think they've done themselves any favors. Like they'd have been better off either not having that fight with Ticketmaster in the first place. Or just coming out and saying, "Oh, I don't know." Know. They, I think they, they totally meant that, and you know, they basically lost. They fought their hardest, and they lost a lot of money, and they basically, you know, capitalism won in the end. And I think, I don't know, have they made any statements about it? Because people are pissed off, right? I, I don't think they have. Should we get into this week's episode? Sure. Right. Yeah, so we're going to talk about Definitely Maybe. Dave came up with the idea of doing Definitely Maybe, but it's a good time to do it because it's the 30th anniversary this year. Liam's taking it on tour, isn't he? Um, first of all, what's uh, what's the genre? Britpop. Britpop, indie rock, rock and roll. Oasis came to basically equal, equal Britpop, didn't they? Um, after this, basically. So, yeah, I, I put, I put yeah. first of all, I put rock and roll, and then I put Britpop. Um, released 29th of August, 1994. Um, I don't know. That's in the UK, at least. Um, don't know about other places. Became the fastest selling UK debut album of all time at that time. I remember specifically remember the first time I heard the album was in, I think it was in Rebecca's car. And I think it was me, you and Louise in Becca's car. Someone had it on cassette. I don't know if it was you. It might have been Louise, actually. I'm not sure. Who no, I didn't have it on cassette. Yeah. I had CD. I think it, I think mm. it was Louise. And, it, yeah, it was blasting out in, in Becca's car. And I think that's the first time I heard 
the actual album. I'd heard, you know, obviously heard the singles and stuff, but that was the first time I heard the album. Dave, you weren't there. No, but it was brilliant. The, the, brilliant, wasn't it? The, when it first came out, it was just like so new. Yeah, it was. It was exciting. Um, four singles were released from it. So they, most of them, all of them in 94. So that was like the, the big year, right? So Supersonic came mm. out in uh, in April, got to number 31. Shaker Maker came out in June, got to number 11. Live Forever in August, got to number 10. Cigarettes and Alcohol in October, got to number seven. Um, so basically a, they were kind of building up. a good start, yeah. isn't it? That's a good start. <laughs> it's all right, isn't it? So originally they booked a Manor Valley studio near Rockfield in 1993 to record the Death in Wales. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, worked with producer Dave Batchelor, who Noel Gallagher knew from his time as his roadie with the Inspirals. But yeah, they, they weren't happy with those sessions at all and he was subsequently fired. Yeah, and they scrapped the whole lot. They did. So in January 1994, the group set about to re-record the album at Sawmill Studio in Cornwall. Uh, sessions were produced by... Noel alongside Mark Coyle, uh, the results still unsatisfactory. So in desperation, they contacted engineer and producer Owen Morris. I think he did a lot of their live sound at the time. I believe that that's not in this, but I'm pretty sure I'm right on that one. And he eventually worked on mixing the album at Johnny Marr's studio in Manchester, which I didn't know until I read that bit. It wasn't one of those albums that just... Was easy to record. Sounded. I think it's yeah. similar to similar to Nevermind. They had a similar story, didn't they? With Nevermind, they, they did, recorded yeah. that and they didn't like the uh, sound of it. Yeah, yeah. And I think what Owen Morris kind of brought to it is he well, he cut out all the kind of unnecessary layers. I think Noel Noel wanted to do like loads and loads of layers of guitars and shit. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. And he was just cut all that out and just made it as bombastic. Yeah, possible. it's like a live live recording pretty much, isn't it? Well, that's how they recorded it the second time. But he claims to inv- have invented something called brick walling. Did you read about that? Just like a wall of sound, is it? Yeah, it's some kind of box or something that it basically right. it pushes the volume to the, the right, limit right. of what a CD can, can handle before it kind of goes okay. fucked, basically. Right, right, right. And right. so it just sounds loud. That's it. It's just like much louder than any other album around at that time, you know. And I think he just cut out all the extraneous kind of nonsense and just made like a you know, like a, yeah. an immediate rock and roll album, you know, which is what it is. So the enemy conducted a Regis poll in which definitely maybe was voted the greatest album of all time. That's mm. pretty good, isn't it? When was that? Don't know when that was, Dave. I think it's later. I think it was like mid two thousands. So, Dave, when did you first hear Definitely Maybe? I think it's probably in the common room. It's very little music that I listen to and like straight away. Your hair is fucking mental. I know, I apologise <laughs> for it. I just hope I like watching it. and they're I just like listening. It. You look like a crazed <laughs> professor or something. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah, I, I didn't get it until I got it for Christmas but on cassette. Here's a fun fact. I don't think I've ever owned it. Oh, wow. You don't really need it, do you? So No, but that's the thing, isn't it? It's just everywhere, isn't it? I did a post on it a while ago. I bought it on vinyl a few months ago. I'd never had it on vinyl mm. before. And um, there's an extra song 
on the not that's not on the CD or the cassette version called Sad Song. Oh, it's a great song. I like, Did I just like skip it every time back in the day, and I couldn't understand no. why I didn't know it? It's not on their track listing on Wikipedia, so I don't think it is on that on the original. No, record. no, it's only on. I looked it up after I bought it because I couldn't understand it. it. Apparently, it was on the Japanese version, and it was on the vinyl right. version. I just when I first heard "Definitely Maybe," you forget how different it was at the time. I think, but was it different, right? I, I, I mean, I wrote it down, but I'm, I'm not the first person to say it. But I basically, I wrote down uh, Beatles plus T-Rex plus the Sex Pistols plus the Stone Roses equals Oasis. So, I mean, it was new, but it was derivative of all of those, right? Yeah, but I don't, it's not so much it was totally new, but from what we'd been listening to at the time, you had grunge, shoegaze, mm. all this like really depressing mm. kill yourself music. And then they mm. come yeah, along bands with like Suede. Yeah, mm, and they came along with clever. Yeah, yeah. And then they yeah. came along with this fresh, out and out, ballsy rock and roll. Let's love life, do drugs, and just have a great Fuck time. It. it was it was really fresh. Uh, it kind of took guitar music to the to the masses, right? Oh yeah, guitar music, yeah, indie music. So it's basically a middle class thing, right? And mm, um, yeah. they they kind of took it took it to the masses and uh, it was great um apparently like um creation creation records which of course they were they were signed to they were basically like fucked at this point and they right. were about to go out of business and they were like two million quid in debt and they were Is fucked. Right? so they didn't have any yeah and they didn't have any money to promote it mm. um so um they kind of they, they apparently they were instead of like advertising in like whatever Q magazine, whatever wait, the usual stuff, um, they advertised in like um, like shoot and match and like <laughs> Manchester oh, yeah. City, like yeah, 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 and like Manchester yeah. City, like game programs and mm. and like also like mix mag and jockey slut and these like dance mags because uh, mm. these are the kind of this is what working class well boy guys, I guess, um, buy right. Mm. Uh, and it totally worked, right? And yeah, and I think that was part of that kind of alternative kind of advertising campaign that Creation did, which is out of necessity rather than uh, you know by design. But how so did really it reach us then? I mean, well, it we reached everybody, at didn't it? That's the well, thing. It, 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 finally, it reached everyone, right? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, their their appearance on the words was quite pivotal yeah. when getting it out to yeah. people like us, maybe. Yeah. You know, when he was on the word of his little fucking camera and stuff, looking cool as fuck. You're like, what the fuck yeah. is this? I even remember that. Like, before I'd even heard any music, I just remember, look, watching that. And there's something different about it, you know, about him. He's just like, fuck, that's, that's cool. Or is he just really arrogant? Or is that cool? Or a bit of both? Before we go through track by track, I got the track listed up. And what I instantly realised is I didn't really need to do much research to go and re-listen to tracks because you just, you fucking know them all, don't you? From start to finish, pretty much. And there's not many albums that that you can say that about, I don't think. Same with Beatles songs, right? I don't remember acting. I hate the Beatles. But but you know them. You might not have even actively listened to them, but you know know them, mm, you know the lyrics. I don't know. They're They're like... What's their most famous album, Rubber Soul? I wouldn't say that. Probably Sergeant I don't think if you gave me one of the famous Beatles albums, I don't think I'd know all the songs on it. 
No, you wouldn't, but you but know, I know what you mean. Uh, singles, right? You know, singles, right? They're yeah, like... single. Thing about this album is even the ones that aren't singles, you still know, mm. which is what sets it aside, I think, and makes it one of those albums. So, rock and roll star number one sets the tone, right? It's what it is, isn't it? So, I mean, it's just, it's you know, it's just telling telling the kids to to live their life as if they're a rock star every day, right? What's it's a great positive message, you know. I think it instantly introduces you to the band's sort of mantra. Yeah, you know, this is what we are, and this is this is what we believe in. But it's just a great fucking song as well, isn't it? It's rock and roll, as he says at the end many times. Yeah, in the, in yeah, the, uh, it's just rock mm. and roll. I don't know if there's much more we can say about that song, really. It's just a good a statement of intent, right? And it, it totally works. It's great. Yeah. We go on to number two, Shaker Maker, which I have to say is my least favourite track on the album. Might be controversial, but that's, that's mm. what I'm saying. Didn't they get um, sued for this one? Yeah, I'd like to teach the world to sing. I don't think, I'm not sure. Did they ever get done for it? Don't know. Don't know. I don't think they did, no. No, no, no. I don't think they do. And Noel's no. always said that he'll never sue anyone for ripping them off because he can't really, he can't really <laughs> say anything when he's ripped off so much, you know. Yeah, and he doesn't care. He's open. He's been open about it, hasn't he? He says, "Yeah, I find bits from songs I like it, and I think I I can write a better better song than that with using those elements." So you know, he doesn't. He don't care. Well, Dave, you said at the beginning there wasn't many lyrics to take the piss out of. Shaker Maker's pretty fucking poor in it yeah but you know it's not like it's not pretentious either it's not like he's trying to say anything he just can't even be asked and it just <laughs> comes <laughs> comes out with some words that you know sound quite rhyme quite well he's good at rhymes but i guess that's the beauty is. of it isn't it but yeah, i don't know i think it kind it? of evokes kind of a nostalgia for childhood doesn't it it's, it's got you know those references yeah to kind of yeah mr soft things yeah yeah mr remember mr. That, that advert yeah. yeah, I do. Yeah. Who's Mr. Clean, though? Not you. Not in that fucking jerking. Well, there's actually there's, there's a documentary uh, about about it, and he said it's like that kind of Mr. Mr. Sifter. That's a record shop, right? Mr. Sifter uh, sold me songs when I was just sixteen. So apparently they were oh, driving right, right. past it on the way to the studio in Manchester yeah. to record the song, and they realised it didn't have a last verse, so they just drove <laughs> so past that, and they said, "Oh, that'll do." But I like that. Finished I do like that. I like the way, you know, that a lot of bands go really fucking deep into their lyrics and they blah, blah, blah. I like the fact that he's never shied away from the fact that So Sally and stuff can wait. It's not about anyone, you know. It's just, I think he just found a, a name that sounded good in the song. It must, it probably does mean something. He just doesn't even know, you know, it's going deeper into his sub yeah. subconscious. <laughs> Some songs he was even not aware of. I'm not saying all his songs are like that. I've watched the I watched a documentary last week. Actually, it was a really good documentary. I can't remember what it was. It was just him being interviewed. It wasn't a documentary. It was just him being interviewed. His newer stuff in the Flying Birds and stuff. And how it's done nothing like Oasis. There, the songs have got more depths and stuff. But um, that's just the way he was writing now. But back then, it was a bit more. I don't know. Worked though, didn't it? So you don't like it, Dave? I, I like Shaker Maker. I like it. No, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't oh, you're the one it. that doesn't like it. Oh, I like I it. I, I, I don't even not like it, but it's not. It's my least favourite on the album. It's weak. It's weak. Yeah, it's weaker. All right, uh, number three, the big one. The one. Live forever, by the way. That was the one for me. It, it was the first one that 
really sort of made me think, fucking hell, this, this song's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Noel always says it's a song that made him realise he was a songwriter. Yeah. He said, he, you know, he wrote it, brought it to rehearsals, and they said, and they said you know, where, who's that? And he said, I just wrote it today. And they're like, fuck off. You know, you didn't just write that. <laughs> just wrote yeah. it. Yeah, because Liam and the others were already in a band, right? And then he came along and gave them mm, the yeah. songs. Isn't that right? Or That's was right. it, who, who was in Rain? Was it all Yeah, Boneheads. Everyone, yeah. Yeah, have you heard any of their stuff from the rain? Some of it's all right. It's, it yeah. just sounds a bit like yeah. Stone Roses. Colour My Life's quite a good song. Yeah, that's the one that sticks in my brain as well, Colour My Life. That's yeah. a good track. Can you imagine being Noel sitting at home, whatever, with his guitar coming up with these songs and he's just sitting there knowing how good they are? Did he, though? Did he know? Well, well he I think he know. did. I think he did. And, and there's this there's stuff in this. I've been reading, rereading this 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 book uh the last party, right. Britpop Blair and the demise of English rock, and um, they kind of talk about that a bit in there. Like, like Noel kind of claims he was kind of doing it all off the cuff and stuff, but they reckon he'd kind of been like squirreling away for the last five years, just building up this huge bank of like you know some amazing, some rubbish songs, and just kind of mm. picking and choosing and just making himself an amazing songwriter. Right? I mean, his experience with the Inspirals must have must have really sort of helped him out in that respect. Well, that must have made him know that he had something because he was working with with a good band. He had something. He knew to he was with. better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but yeah, it, yeah. But it must have given him an insight into the record industry and all that sort of thing as well, which is a really good grounding to have when you're starting a band, I guess, isn't it? But yeah, then yeah. to walk into a ready-made band with your brother in it and say, "I think he basically said, I'll join the band as long as I can write all the songs." I think that was the deal. It's great. I mean, there it's got that was like their big their big crossover, right? First top ten hit, and um, most yeah, many just, people's favorite Oasis song. I'd say. Oh, it's Liam's favorite Oasis song, apparently. It's one of mine. One Same. I put it at number uh, two. How can it not be, Dave? Yeah, I, mean, I like it. I like it, but um, it it's not my one number one. When he when they did that performance at Main Road and he's sort of bowing in front of John Lennon, it's really moving moment. Yeah. Oh man! Do you see it when he uh, Liam did it at the the One Love Manchester concert? Have you ever seen that uh, again? Again, you that, know. see that's oh man! Talking about emotional moving, that's full on, right? That's amazing. Right, number four, up in the sky. Interesting one, this one. There's a lot of rhyming couplets in that song. <laughs> just, just, right, there's a lot of rhymes in it, isn't there? It's, it's quite. The lyrics are quite. I'd say quite juvenile. It's just got that constant riff all the way through it, isn't it? It's, but it's, it's, I don't know, it's a great song. I think it's, isn't it about like, um, oh, I made notes about this. I saw it. Isn't it about like um, elites and Come shit? On. No, isn't it well, like it, having a go at, at elites? The elites. Well, Maybe. like, you know, like the elites think they know what's good for everyone, but they're fucking idiots. Isn't that what it's about? That sounds about right. Let's say it's that. Let's just go with that. <laughs> Hey, you up in the sky learning to fly. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah maybe. Maybe people right. think they're above other people but are actually fucking clueless. It's a really hard thing to say, but maybe one of the most forgettable songs on the album. But apparently it was originally, I found my notes now, apparently it was originally kind of a bit more psychedelic y, kind of 
Beatlesy, and um, it got right. kind of cut down and made a bit more punchy. And yeah, apparently it's about um, elites thinking they're better than other people, but being well, that's thinking. yeah, that gives it more. And you want to be me, is like exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like common uh, people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, what do you think? What, what do you think about about it as a song? I agree with you. It's one of the. It, it's not really a filler, but it's one of the lesser tracks, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think most people. Would probably agree I like it. it. I like the psychedelic side to it. I like it. Yeah. Uh, number five, Columbia. I love Columbia. Fucking yeah, I like it. this one as well. See, I always say if I if Oasis do reform. I would love to see the early lineup with Bonehead and Gigsy. I think the beauty of early Oasis, Bonehead didn't give a shit about being like the lead guitarist or anything. He was happy to just play the bar chords. And but that, that's why the songs sound so big because all he's doing in most of the songs is just playing these huge bar chords. And so they could they could basically do what they did on the album. They could do that live. And then when they when they sort of got in the newer members like and all these people that are intricate guitarists and stuff. That's when the sound kind of changed and went a bit wanky, I think. But the early Oasis, when it's just balls out, ballsy sort of bar chord rock and roll. Baldy. Is, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> but um, I love all that. I think this, the, 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 the beauty of it is, is, is in the simplicity of the songs. And that rawness all went when they, when they got the new members in, I think. Yeah. That's my take yeah. on it anyway. But the Columbia, for me, that's, that's that's a prime example of that, basically. So you're saying it's better to have ugly band members? No, I didn't say that. That's, that's what you're that. saying, isn't it? That's what you're saying. If you've got like a middle-aged bald bloke who doesn't well, doesn't mind about being, you know, tucked away at the side of the stage, not being centre of attention, then he's not going to worry about, you know, having the limelight stolen. When you get the pretty boys in, you like gem and everyone, then they wanna they wanna preen and strut. That's what you're saying. I think it's a good theory. It, listen. I'm, I'm, I'm with it, you, man. I'm supporting you. It's a good theory. No, I'm just saying sometimes you can have a bad Too many good too looking ma- people. Stop saying that. You can have too, too <laughs> many I'm, egos. I'm with you. I'm agreeing with you, man. I'm agreeing. Too many egos, maybe, you know. That's the thing, like, the the later Oasis albums, it wasn't just Noel writing them, was it? It was, everyone had a little bit, they did a little song or something. It's not Oasis then, is it? I prefer my theory. Fucking Heavy Stereo is so shit. <laughs> what was their big hit, Heavy Stereo? I'm trying to remember. Fucking hell. I bet he couldn't believe his luck when he got asked to do the Oasis thing. Same with Tony McCarroll, I guess. He, was, he wasn't the most, like, uh, he just... Played a driving groove, didn't he? Worked for that album for sure. But Columbia, I think, epitomizes sort of the early Oasis, just, you know, balls out, rock and roll sort of thing. Great song. Started off as an instrumental, apparently. Yeah, I like I like all the scratchy guitars at the start, all the distorted guitars before it kicks in. Yeah, I like that one. Quite an anthemic one, really. I like looking at sort of pounding and quite relentless. Quite like that. Mm-hmm. Number six, Supersonic started it all off, didn't really, didn't it? Give me gin and for tonic. Us, for us, definitely. The, the the word performance, iconic performance on the word. Um, interestingly, according to the um, there's a, there's a there's a kind of a, a short documentary about about the album. According to the documentary, they were trying to they were trying to record um, "Bring It On Down," 
the next track. And uh, Tony McCarroll was too shit. <laughs> he couldn't do it. <laughs> so right. they were waiting for him to try to do it. So Noel was like, oh, fucking hell. We can't not do anything. I better go and write a song. So he just went to the back of the studio, wrote, wrote the song in half an hour. And, and that was it. Oh, really? And they recorded it. Yeah, and they recorded it that day. And that was it. And that was the version they used. See, I believe that. I just think <laughs> yeah, that's probably true, isn't it? I guess that's why in the end they had to get rid of him because it's, I guess that's frustrating when you're sitting in a studio. And I remember when, uh, when we did the Main Street recordings, I, I'm not a very good guitarist at all. I literally just learned the guitar to be in that band. I was rhythm guitar at best. So when we were in the recording studio, my bits, Vince was just much better at playing them. So frustratingly, I used to go in first and sort of try and do it. And then he'd just go in there and bang them out. If I'd have been like one of these ego people, I could have just sat there for hours getting everyone to wait for me to try and play this one bit. <laughs> so off. are you not on the album then, Neil? Yeah, I am. I am. But there were certain bits that it just would have been taken so much longer for me to do that it was just didn't make any sense. You could just go in there mm. and play it straight away. So, But yeah, it must be frustrating if you're in a band and the drummer is... Uh, not giving you what you want sort of thing. I think it happens quite a lot because drumming's really hard. You know, drumming's just really, really hard, but it's the most important bit. If you haven't got a good drum take, then the song's going to be shit. I think it was John Lennon, who, I, who I've always think, thought was a bit of a cunt. That's just, that's just, that's just the way I think of it. Uh, John Lennon, I, think, I, mean, I mean, the whole, the whole kind of wife-beating stuff was not really very, not very good, is it? I, I just thought he was a bit of a dick, but... They once said to him, didn't not a bit they? of a dick, he's a fucking wife-beating cunt. <laughs> well, I don't like him either, so I, I'm not going to disagree with you. I think, was it him that was asked if, it, if Ringo was the best drummer in the world and he said he's not even the best drummer in the Beatles? That was him, I think. I mean, it completely wasn't true, but it was a good line. No, he's a great drummer, Ringo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just a cunty thing to say. Really, it's quite good, it? though. It's good. <laughs> yeah. But even, like, before he joined the Beatles, like... Um, he was he was known as like the best drummer in Liverpool, basically Ringo. Oh, Ringo, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a reputation like preceded him, but yeah. And the, the Beatles were the best band. He was the best drummer that wasn't in them, so it's just natural that the best drummer in Liverpool was going to join the best band in Liverpool, right? So. Best train voiceover as well, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Supersonic, yeah, great song. Um, much I don't know if there's much else to say about it. Uh except for um I know a girl called Elsa. She's into Alka Seltzer. Uh Elsa was a dog. Is that what it was? Yeah. That kept well, what farting. does that mean? What does the Alka Seltzer do? Stop the farts. Does it? Oh, I don't know. You can't feed a dog how do you feed a dog Alka Seltzer? It's a fucking song, man. It didn't really do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going into the lyrics. Thought we were going into deep dive. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, there was a dog someone had that was called Elsa that kept farting. They just stuck it in the song. That's as, that's as deep as it goes, man. It's Noel Gallagher, man. But it I wasn't. Seltzer just rhymes with Elsa. That's yeah, funny. yeah, yeah. It's good at rhyming couplets, that's for sure. Number seven, bring it on down. Ah, oh, it's a banger. What a banger! I've put here. What a banger! I mean, it just it, well, it sounds exactly like a Sex Pistols song, right? Which you wouldn't one? know because you don't listen to the fucking Sex Pistols, do you? Well, they've only done one album, really, haven't they? Sex Pistols. <laughs> Oasis only did one good one. Wow. Uh, 
<laughs> one and a half. One and a half. I like it. Again, the Bring It On Down, it starts with those distorted guitars, Tony Carroll's counting. It's just a live, that's the live take in the studio, I guess. And uh, if you compare this to sort of bands like Ride and stuff that are about the time, they were just quite depressing. This one's just like, mm. come on. And I love that. Uh, it's got that f- famous line, you're the uninvited guest that stays to the end. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one, right? But also, yeah. you know, talking about the underclass and the outcasts, you know, it's all yeah. that kind of, you know. But you don't care because you live in France. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, That's better. Who... <laughs> That's totally Some better. Point, someone posh who's gone to live in France. Yeah, you exactly. Don't care, do That's so much better, man. <laughs> You mean it's not, that's not the lyric? <laughs> no, it's good. It's, it is. Yeah, it is, it is yeah, yeah, it is a lyric, yeah. We're not going to even correct you. That's just the lyric. <laughs> great song, isn't it? Great, great It's song. really, really good, yeah. It's one of the best on the album, I reckon. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And then uh, followed up by Cigarettes and Alcohol. It's what it is, isn't it? It's a bit like Rock and Roll Star, isn't it? It's just... I've always found this song quite annoying. It's one of my least favourite oh. tracks. On the right. album, yeah, I I I, I cut, tend to agree. It's not one of my favourite cigarettes and alcohol. I don't think. I think it's the riff in it is very unoriginal, but I can't actually think what it. Where it's T Rex, get it on. Oh yeah, that's T-Rex. right. Yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah. the same, isn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. But come on, you could wait for a lifetime to spend days in the sun. Shine. You might as well do the white line. What the fuck, man? That's incredible shit. And get into the top 10 of the charts. You're on top of the pops. Hey, kids, do coke. What more can you want, man? Dave's probably been listening to different lyrics than you have. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I just thought they were talking about making white lines on a football pitch or something. Similar time, Robbie Fowler was doing those, wasn't he? Doing the football white lines. And when he did his infamous... Uh, yeah, he got into trouble. Celebration. Yeah, it's good that sniffing one, the white line. <laughs> yeah! That really fell that. Yeah, that's funny. Brilliant. That's good. That is good. He got in loads of trouble for that, didn't he? Yeah, so cigarettes and alcohol. Yeah, it's not one of my favourites, I have to say. Uh, oh, it's, it's, a, it's an anthem to youth hedonism and, you know, living for the weekend and all of that. It's great. Dixie. <laughs> Dixie's... This is true. You're not going to believe me, but this is actually true. I literally only found out today that the song was called Dixie's Dinner. Not me too. Diner. Well, I found out at a weekend. I thought it yeah. was Diner until this so weekend. So did I. So did yeah. I. So, well, that's okay, one of those so things, isn't it? Is it? Uh, what's no. That? It's called a thing. <laughs> Mandela effect. Yes, that's it. It's a Mandela effect. Well, no, well, apparently, on the American version, it's spelled as Diner misspelled but i'm certain that my cd had it as diner so am i sure of it and that the words digs is dinner aren't in the song so it's hard to know he talks about lasagna so i mean yes it makes sense about digs is dinner yeah why Mm. would it be about digs is diner right but i always thought it was diner me too so did i that's weird then because i literally checked checked my record and it has dinner on there yeah well, that's interesting. And let us know in the comments if you've had the same experience. But yeah, I always thought it was called Dixie's Diner. Till and it today, sounds better basically. as Diner, doesn't it? It, does. yeah. it just Dixie's Diner sounds silly, doesn't it? 
that is the Mandela effect in full effect, isn't it? That's what it is. Uh, yeah. We all thought the same thing. Maybe like maybe one of us had the American version for some reason. And Maybe. then it got no, passed sure, around. But I'm sure when we used to talk about university, well, mates, but we all used to call it Dixie's Diner. Sure of, yeah. sure of it. That's weird. Um, yeah. Best song about lasagna ever, isn't it? <laughs> Dixie, Dixie fucking hates the song. And he, he said he hates lasagna <laughs> and he hates the song. <laughs> I hate the title of the song. We didn't, we only no, just found out title. what it was. The real title, yeah. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. Should be called Dixie's Diner, shouldn't it? It's just a happy-go-lucky song, isn't it? It's really sort of carefree. It's I just don't a, like the song at all. I think it's all right. Uh, it's like it's it. the worst one on the album. It really is. It's the worst. Oh, you say that. Do you both agree yeah, on that? That's, that's, yeah. I, Dave? Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. It just spoils the whole album. <laughs> do you think? It's one of those. <laughs> it doesn't spoil it, but it's it's a weak link. Yeah. Although, although back when when I was young, you know, these could be the best days of our lives. I used to like that line, you know. I think it's all right, but you you know, then you follow that with "Slide Away," which is probably my favourite Oasis. But song. hang on, hang on a minute. Me too, man. You keep going to the next song without, you know. Well, you you've, you've got every opportunity to pipe in. You just don't bother, and then I say it, and then you bring me back. Well, yeah. Go on, Dave. Pipe in. Talk about Dixie's dinner. I just wondered if there is another song with the lasagna in it. (laughs) What? That that was worth stopping me for. (laughs) It was. It it totally was. That's a legitimate question. Because I don't think there is, but it's still not the best song with lasagna in it. (laughs) (laughs) Even though there's not another one. If there isn't another one, then it is. Just by default. Um, but it's not. Song with no, by default it is. If there's only one song with anything and it, it's the best one of that song. Like the Lighthouse family wrote a song, but it was the only one of that subject. They would that would be the best version version of that subject matter. Yeah, I, I understand your argument, but it's still it's still wrong. It's not. There must be a song with Garfield in it that's also mentions lasagna, because that was his favourite food. Oh, was it? <laughs> I fucking ate Garfield. Garfield. Did you have a Garfield phone? <laughs> they did. They had a fucking Garfield T-shirt. I couldn't afford stuff like that. <laughs> Garfield phone. I had a Garfield, Garfield book. It's big, wasn't it, Garfield? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was fucking annoying. Actually, I had a Garfield Everywhere. jumper. Jumper? You did? Yeah. What do you mean? I love Garfield. What do you mean a jumper? Like a woolly jumper? No, it wasn't wool. It was just, you know, some crap like a print. print on it. Did, what did yeah. it say? Yeah. Can you remember what the slogan was? No, it just had Garfield on it. Little bastard. Who was, was better, Garfield? <laughs> just before. <laughs> who's, be- who's better, Garfield or Alf? <laughs> <laughs> you dirty bastard. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't watch Alf. Answer the question, motherfucker. <laughs> I can't. I'm not qualified because I didn't really watch out. That's a very good, uh, uh, very good comparison. It's a similar. I'm team annoying. team Alf. I'm. I'm <laughs> Can remember what he stood for? Alien life form. But life form is one word, surely. So he should have just been Al. Yeah, his friends called him that. You can call me it. <laughs> right. So can we go on to the next one now? 
you miss my Paul Simon joke? <laughs> I didn't you miss didn't, it. Mate. We all got it. It was good. Didn't, oh, you didn't even need to... Uh, yeah, I ruined yeah. it, didn't I? Make Go a on. second Go comment. It, it was acknowledged on, and we laughed. Yeah, so, yeah, Dixie's dinner or diner or whatever it was, followed by a slide away. But yeah, probably my favourite Oasis song. Uh, me too. What of all? Me too. I think yeah. so. I think so. Oh, you agree. Luke agrees. That's yeah, man, it's my favourite Oasis song. Yeah. I think by far. It would be, yeah. be between that and Acquiesce for me. I like I, I do like that. <laughs> me Acquiesce. too, man. <laughs> There you go. It's probably common, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Not not for us. We don't usually like the same stuff, so that's quite. That's true. Weird. We don't. We don't. Yeah. Um, I, for me, it's 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 all about Liam, right? It's uh, the kind of the ragged, raw emotion, and it all kind of reminds me of um, well, they you know John Lennon's voice on Twist and Shout. It's just got that kind of raggedness, right? Right. Yeah, to it. yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. Oh, it's just got that pure kind of emotion coming through. Just. It's great. just a fucking brilliant song, though, isn't it? It just really It's a is. love song, isn't it? I guess so. Um, isn't it about his mum? Is it? I think so. About Peggy. Well, their, their mum. Their mum, yeah. So it's a different kind of love song. Yeah, Still man. love, isn't it? I hope. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, <it's... laughs> I, I think <laughs> on that album, obviously you've got Slide Away and, and Live Forever. I would, Those two are just massive songs, aren't they? Yeah. They sound huge. Yeah. Did they really slide away as a single? I don't think they did. No, they were going to. Um, but Noel was like, no, you can't have like five songs from from your first mm. album. That's taking the piss. But yeah, nice. Dave, don't you like it then, Slide Away? Yeah, it'd definitely be in my top three. I think my top one is Supersonic on this album. But my favourite Why didn't Oasis you fucking song... say when we got to Supersonic it was your favourite well, song? I thought we were doing that at the end. It's just a sensible thing to say. My favourite Oasis song is What's the Story, Morning Glory. That's not mm. on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good song, though. <laughs> I, just, I just love that. That intro is just brilliant. One of the best intros to a song. Right. right. My yeah. humble opinion. That's, yeah, it's good. It's good. Is that it about slide, slide anything anymore for any more slide away? It just, um, it just, it really reminds me of um, that the summer uh, when that came out, basically, and um, we'd finished, we'd finished like school for the summer, and um, do you remember we used to drive over to Brighton to meet Amy, my sister? Well, we used to go and pick her up um, from work, and and uh, um, my brother-in-law used to drive over in his his banged out. The yellow, yellow peril. the yellow peril. The yellow, the yellow peril. peril. <laughs> so I used to drive over every Friday and just have that on full volume, right? And um, go to the pub. Thurlow Arms. Pub dodgiest. Thurlow Arms. That's it. Yeah. Fucking that's... carpet on the walls and just uh, horrible. horrible yeah, it's place. good though, wasn't it, that pub? We loved it. Did, did. And just having, just reminds me of Slide Away, man. Just driving over there, sunny afternoon, just. It was Friday. We knew we was going to have a pint when we got there. It's just, yeah, just loved it. Always reminds <laughs> me of <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Good times. I still haven't Good passed times. my fucking driving test. <laughs> no, you haven't. <laughs> How many times have you taken it? Uh, not many. Two. I've been driving for like nearly 30 years. I can't drive. No, one day. Right. I'll get there. I'll you get can't it. even I'll ride a day. bike. You fell off your bike the other week. 
Have you passed your cycling <laughs> proficiency test? Oh, with flying colours. Yeah. Got a new bike now, actually. It's a good one. Oh, yeah. Did you write off your old one? I sold it. Some, somehow, somehow someone, some, someone bought it. I don't know why. At the end, it had a flat tyre. The front tyre was flat with a slow puncture. And it was totally oh. fucked. And someone bought it. Well, you bought a grifter. No, I bought a Fuji. It's nice, man. It's cut, it's cut my commute time by a third just because it's so much faster than my old fucking rubbish. Grifters were brilliant. They had three gears, red, yellow and green. Right. <laughs> they were the three Instead gears. Instead of one, two and three. Yeah. <laughs> was red yeah. the brake? No, it's one of the gears. Does that just stop? The stop gear, it wouldn't go anywhere. It's like a Rasta bike. It was good, man. I like me grifter. Uh, rounding the album off with Married with Children. A nice little ditty, isn't it? Mm. Dave's not impressed. No, I mean, it's, it's all right, but it's a bit like Diggs's Dinner, isn't it? It's, it's not up to the standards of the rest of the album. I like that you've got this album, apart from Diggsy's Dinner, I guess, you've got this album of out-and-out out rock and roll, and then you just finish it off with that, where you can just really hear Liam's vocal. It's the only, it's the only track not recorded in a studio. Is that right? Yeah, it's recorded in um, someone's bedroom. I, it's not a bad song. It's, I don't hate the song. It's just, it's just a shame it's on the album. Hmm. I think Luke said it before about something about the Nirvana album, which is again another mm. parallel to that. Um, finishing off an album with like a, a nice acoustic song is quite a nice way to go. I think quite like yeah, it. me too. Yeah, I like Married with Children. It's good, and um, you don't hear the word shite in songs very often, do you? Not in a slow song, that's for sure. It does rhyme with night, so it's useful. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm sure that's why it's in there. Otherwise, it'd be up all net. According to the documentary, according to Liam, they so Liam went up and Noel just sat upstairs and recorded it in the bedroom, and the rest of the band oh, really? went downstairs. What? Yeah, in um, I think like in the producer's house? house or something. Oh, okay. The producer was the guy I've forgotten his name. The, the second producer guy, Coyle, Mark. What was his name? Yeah, yeah, I think so, Mark, Mark Coyle. Coyle. Yeah. And the rest of the band were downstairs playing Frustration. (laughs) (laughs) Dave would just love that. Very cerebral game of Frustration. Have you got Frustration in your house, Dave? Is that the one where you hit that ball thing? Yeah. 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 It's a popper, isn't it? Like it pops and dies up. There's no strategy or tactics whatsoever, isn't it? I guess, no, you you do have to decide which piece to move, I suppose. But I think that the whole thing with that frustration game, that popping, it's, it's just, it's, you're just rolling some dice, aren't you? But it felt That's like right. you were doing something different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's basically, it's just Ludo with that popping device. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone had it though. They must have sold a shit ton, right? Everyone had it. Right, so that's uh, definitely maybe. Hang on a minute, hold your horse. When oh, you took... God, here we go oh. again. What have we done now? We're married with children. Does it? Is there a meaning to that? I think I read it. It was something about it was about like um, people like girlfriends. Yeah, basically, just getting tired of a girl and yeah, even though you yeah, you know you're wrong, you say you're right, and all that. Yeah, just that you got nothing in common. Yeah, I think so. So um, that's it. I'm gonna say goodbye. Yeah. So yeah, that's um, definitely maybe. So we need to talk about the impact of it. 
But I just thought the the cover is it's one of the best album covers ever. I think it's really cool, right? Yeah, it's doing different things, house. but relaxed. Is it Bonehead's yeah. house? Is it Bonehead's front that. room? And apparently they're all um, they're all told to like bring something. Yeah. So like the films yeah. are like Noel's favourite films. Oh, really? Um, you've got Manchester oh, like City that. footballer. You've got George Best in another photo because I think Bonehead's a Man United supporter. Um, mm. But Baccarat. Baccarat, yeah. 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 That's cool, isn't it? Yeah, it's Noel's cool. hero, isn't it? And see this on the floor. What's glass in the glass? No. Red wine. No. What? Apparently, red wine, when you take a photo, it goes too dark, so it looks too right. black, so... Yeah. Replaced by? Ribena. 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 It's a glass That's of Ribena. That's interesting fact. But it's supposed <laughs> to be a glass of wine, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good fun yeah. fact, right? I like that. Thanks, man. Yeah. That would make sense, actually. You're right, yeah. It would be dark. It'd be a little dark. So, it yeah. would look like Coke. So the carafe yeah. in the background has got Ribena in it. More Ribena, I guess. <laughs> you just wanted to say carafe, didn't you? Is that how yeah. you pronounce it? I've never known how to pronounce that. I hope it's that. Otherwise, I'm going to look an idiot. I've never known, man. One of the words you only ever read, isn't it? Never had a carafe of wine. Don't mind a little carafe. Well, you have a carafe to yourself. A small one, I'd have one. Yeah. Oh, you have tiny glasses over there, don't you? <laughs> tiny everything. Tiny yeah. plates. <laughs> Tiny knives and forks. <laughs> Do you have to buy a tiny bike? No, I, I ordered the frame according to height. <laughs> so, so yes. You're supposed to give. You're supposed to the frames on a male bike is supposed to be quite small to give a lot of clearance for your balls if you fall off your pedals. Oh, right. There's not much room, to be honest. But that's why girls' bikes are a different shape. Isn't that just to? preserve their modesty when getting on well I thought it's because if they fell off they didn't hurt their you know but that shows the opposite because they haven't got balls no but their bits are important for reproduction and stuff (laughs) (laughs) what do you think (laughs) balls are for yeah it would make more sense the other way around wouldn't it yeah actually yeah that's bullshit must be the modesty thing (laughs) yeah Yeah, so you can get on with a skirt on innit yeah yeah. Yeah. (laughs) that makes more sense Impact of definitely maybe none. Well, it kicked off Britpop. Kicked Dave off says proper, none. Basically, Dave says none. Oh, it's just a guess. I was just having a guess. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I mean, I think it, it, Brit, it Britpop finally arrived. Right, it kind of been threatening to, um, like Park Life had been. I think it was released like five months before. Definitely, maybe. And of course, it was big and everything, but it was still. It wasn't like. It wasn't like it hadn't made it onto the terraces, right? It hadn't. Yeah, like, you're like, right. Like definitely made it. We should did. have done that album. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll do it. We'll do if it. Oasis hadn't come along, bands like Suede maybe would have been bigger. I don't know. Oh, I know. think they lifted the oh. whole tide, man. If it weren't for yeah. Oasis, none of them would have had maybe as much the, commercial Yeah, I guess success. that's the flip side mm. to the argument. Yeah, yeah maybe. 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 I mean, would, would we have got, would we have got uh, a Labour government? Oh, that's an interesting. That one. wouldn't. Yeah, make I think any we difference. would. But... I don't know, man. New Labour were totally tied up in in Britpop, right? It was a big part of their thing. But I, I, I think Labour would would have got in anyway. I'm not sure. I think yeah, I'm, I'm sure they were. They I think would have it just helped, right? jumped just... onto whatever bandwagon there was. 
you know, mm. if it was wasn't brick pop, it would have been. But no. they wouldn't. They wouldn't have jumped onto suede's gender bending heroin injecting bandwagon, would they? You know, they jumped onto Oasis because it was it was for the people and it was positive and uplifting and joyous, right? Dave thinks that Blair would have jumped on any fucking. Of course he bit. would. He he jumped on yeah, more, bastard. didn't he? He did. He yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I think it helped change the mood of the country, which is what helped propel, you know, I Tony agree. Blair to power in 97. I think it helped turn that mood, you know, made the country believe in itself again. There was hope around that time, wasn't there? And Britain felt like a cool place to be in. It did. It did yeah, feel. Man. Cool Britannia. You know, isn't that embarrassing now? What have we got to be proud of at the moment? It's all a bit rubbish but back then we we did you know we had some really cool stuff yeah. going on i don't know a lot of that's gone i think yeah i mean it, we talked about it before but it also led to you know lad new lad and loaded magazine and, and all of that right i think it went a bit far in the end but i think in the early days it was quite tame and it was it was all right you know it wasn't really offensive it, it got misogynistic towards the end didn't it yeah it did so. totally yeah, but you said the word hope before. I think the hope is a big part of it. I think that's what they they did. They did give they did give hope to uh, you know people like us to everyone, right? We were younger then. It might might be the same for people now with with their the bands that they listen to. But I don't think it is. It wasn't just the bands, was it? It was the whole Britpop culture, the Spice Girls, and all that stuff. Just more fun, wasn't it? It wasn't as <laughs> yeah things things weren't as bleak. Things weren't as bleak as they are now. I don't know. Yeah, it was a good time, you know. Exactly, it was all it was all hope. But is that just because of our age, though? Is that just because we were young then? No, because no, other people were swept time. up in it too, man. Yeah, it did seem like that. You know that the mid nineties university and stuff. Yeah, best probably the best period of my life. Perfect years to go to university. We went, wasn't it? Ninety five to mm. ninety eight, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was still we just free. Got really lucky. Yeah, still free as well. Yeah. It was a time when um, everyone here, you know, ordinary people, we thought we were, we lived in the best best part of the world. You know, we were on the right yeah. side of history. We had no doubt that that was the case. But mm. but now, yeah. fucking hell, there's no hope. We're not the good guys. It was no. all a load of bullshit. And on that note, um, tune in next week. <laughs> but was was that was definitely maybe directly responsible for? Our... I think you know there was a, a dialectic going on. They were you know influencing each other, right? They were kind of propelling each yeah. other forward, and it was make it made a good time. You know, you, Luke was. You say that's their only good record. Yeah, yeah. I'd say, I'd say they only had three. I like beer now, so so there. You're the only one. I might be. I might be the only one. I don't mind that though. But yeah, anything anything after the bonehead and Greek. Oh man, that. if they'd have if they'd have followed their Britpop contemporaries and started getting into smack and heroin, they might have done something interesting. They they insisted no. on sticking with cocaine and became the bloated cocaine stereotypes and made a terrible cocaine album. I like they should the have cocaine, followed man. Suede Man. They might have done something interesting. 
But who knows? Maybe they'll be back with something good. Uh, well, no, okay, yeah, maybe, right? Maybe. So if um, you know, if Shed Seven can do it and make probably the best album of of their career, then uh, and Cast, yeah, Cast have just released a great album. People say that I haven't had a chance to listen to that yet. Okay, I haven't, have a I listen. haven't really listened to it. But it's supposed to be really good. I don't know, but like I say, if I, if Oasis reform, I want to see I want to see Gigsy and Bonehead back in it. I don't think I've even listened yeah. to the last Oasis album. I don't think I ever listened to it. I'm just not interested. Uh, that's it for this one. I hope you've enjoyed it. Let us know in the comments if this is the sort of thing you want to see more of because we quite enjoy doing this and I think it's quite a good one to do. I quite like looking at albums and stuff. So if you want to see more of this or hear more of this, then let us know in the comments. Uh, rate, review if you're listening. Uh, it really does help us out and people finding the podcast. Apologies that we haven't got any of the songs actually playing whilst we're doing the uh, thing, but that's why Luke does the mixtape. Yeah, I'm thinking this week I might put a bit of Oasis on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't put Diggs's Diner on it. <laughs> Diggs's Diner. You know what, um, Liam, Liam, Liam refuses to sing it live because it's so shit. That's <laughs> what he's always said in the past. So if he's doing it this this year, oh, I might. If he's doing like he a thing, it. let's see if he plays it because he's always said that he refuses That'd to be sing it because it's so rubbish. Maybe he'll just, yeah, just skip that one. I, I quite like to yeah. go and see that. I, I wonder if Bono's playing, because he plays him now, doesn't he, in his live Does he? incarnation. Mm. Yeah, I wonder if he'll do I bet he will, actually. We'll see. That'd be quite good. Uh, next week, we've got Kermit from Black Grape. It's a really good one. Uh, real, went off on a few tangents, but it's, it's, a, it's a fun <laughs> one to listen to, for sure. So definitely tune into that one. Uh, Dave? See you in a minute. <laughs>